Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Kelly, and you're listening to the Everywhere We Go podcast. On this week's episode, a beautiful young lady sits before me. She's full of nerves and her hand shakes as she takes a sip of her coffee. She tells me she doesn't know what to say and she doesn't know why you, the listener, would want to hear her story. I have no words for Chantelle's strength. At just 24 years of age, she's a mother of two and a guardian of four. We talk about losing her dad to prison at just three months old and then losing him again to cancer at 10 years of age. We talk about the years of abuse she suffered at the hands of bullies who tried to tear her apart with mental torture and verbal attacks. But Chantelle wasn't alone on her journey, with three women behind her, Maureen, her nanny and her mother Kelly, who she describes as hearing her before you're seeing her. A woman who touched everyone she met in one way or another. These women got her through those terrible years, but then tragedy struck again for the third time. Kelly, her mother, was diagnosed with terminal cancer and died at the age of 40, leaving Chantelle and her four sisters behind. It's a story of how a community rallies and how a young girl who day by day is trying to fulfil her mother's dying wishes. Chantelle's story was the most difficult to date. She was very nervous and her story is very raw. There was lots of pauses and lots of tears, but it's a story worth telling and we hope you enjoy. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? My name is Chantelle Caffrey and I'm from Sherry Seven Place. So tell me about yourself. Um, I'm 24 years of age. I'm um, not in work at the moment. I'm um, a mother of twin boys. Um, I also rear my three little sisters. What did you work at? I went to college um, only for a year. Um, I was doing special needs assistant. Mm. The charity part just wasn't for me at all. And I got, I was too like emotionally attached to doing the physical part. Um, I did a, some work experience up in the CRC in Clontarf special needs mm. school. And I was coming home every day crying, bawling to me mad arms. I was too emotionally attached to students in there. You know, and one day you go in and a student that you were to be in there wouldn't be there anymore. You okay. passed away or got like really ill and I just couldn't handle it at all. Even though that's something I always wanted to do, uh, to be in a school, help children like that with special needs and stuff. I just, I hadn't, I wasn't strong enough for it. Definitely not. How old were you? I was 18. Very 18, tough. 19. Yeah. That's very tough. I think back. Um, yeah. Something that I always kind of was passionate about 
something around children. Like I also wanted to be a social worker. Mm. That was kind of my, I did um, LCA in school. So mm. that was my pathway of getting to be um, a social worker. Yeah. Starting there first. But I had a lot of things in my life that kind of stopped all that now. But it's, I'm still only young. Yeah. You know, I still have a good few years ahead of me. Mm. It's something that I probably will Think about going back to when all of the children are a bit grown up. So tell me about Seville Place. What was that like growing up? Seville Place, Sheriff Street in itself, Seville Place is a great community. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Now it has got a bad stamp on it for lots of different reasons. But at the end of the day, nobody can really down talk when it comes to having a community. Amazing community. Amazing skill growing up. St. Aaron's Hotel. Yeah. Girl skill. And then I went on to Marino in Fairview. Like there was, there was good times and bad times. I went through a phase of being bullied in uh, primary school. Okay. Uh, got really bad, you know, keeping it in, not telling anybody. And then when I did tell like, me ma, um, <clears throat> me nanny, me nanny's friend Maureen, you know, there was just, that was chaotic then. Like, you know, that was more for you to tell them than being bullied because of how they reacted yeah, to it. We'll take it back. How did the bullying start? Um, it was... It was actually something that was not at my fault that I got blamed, got blamed on. Mm. Um, I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and something came back on me. That started then I was for a good while. I had a tiff taff. Well, it wasn't really a tiff taff. It was more of a all on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, we got like, like it was never physically, it right. was always verbally and mentally, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that sometimes can be much more worse, mm. even though all bullying bottom line is just appalling. But, yeah. um, you know, like it used to get to me the things that, um, people used to say, uh, I have four sisters. So I have three sisters who are mixed race. Mm-hmm. Um, their dad is Nigerian and I have another sister. Um, she is half Indian. Her dad is from Bangladesh. <laughs> Um, so is that like, where the bullying came from? Yeah, most of the time, yeah, it would have been where it came from. But my ma really more than it was my sisters about how she was with these men, like mm-hmm. that who was Nigerian and Indian. Um, so that wasn't pretty grown up. We used to get called like my ma, like used to get called horrible names by boys, girls, and then having to hear like a bit the names that used to call me sisters, you know, and then looking at them so young and upset and. Stopping them from doing things like that was horrible, absolutely horrible. Well, from the bullying with me, um, I'm sorry, you're going to take your time. Let me see. So, you said just that about the bullying that you were, even though the bullying was absolutely horrific for you, yeah, you were still like, did you, you try to get help off the teachers? You were afraid to get help off your mom as just to what she was going to do, or yeah, um, my mom was like, you heard her before you, you see her, right. Anybody who knows my man knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, <laughs> I just see a blonde pony through the classroom door after me telling her something. I'd be like, oh no, okay. put me head down. Here it goes. Just open the door, not even knock. You, come here. You, teacher, out here now. Oh my God. And I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything. What did I say something for? Well, as I le- when I got older and I learned, I should have said something a long time ago before that mm. I said I could have stopped myself from feeling these horrible things about myself I could have had a different I think I could have had a different outlook on stuff if I'd opened my mouth and said something way before I was going on because then I wouldn't have made 
let myself feel the things that I felt about myself. How long did it go on for? Uh, it went on for a good couple of years. Uh, about four years it went on for. Um, like we ended up having to, I remember we, um, my nanny's friend went, ended up going to the police up in Star Street. She's like, well, I just can't take it anymore. I was afraid to go. I uh, thought I had no friends, thought nobody wanted to be my friend. I had two or three great friends that always stuck by me. No matter what, always stuck by me, um, by my side through the whole lot of it. Kind of stayed in for weeks and months when I wanted to stay in for weeks and months, you know, mm-hmm. and a cousin as well who was like that. So I'm always very grateful for them. And then kind of now, like when I see them people, you know, I'm the type of person, like I, I still say hello. I smile. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, because they were children at the time as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people change. I hope, mm. you know, I hope that people are always have that outlook in life and to other people and have to put other people down to make them feel, yeah, to rise above them. Like, you know, that's not the way it has to be. And I hope that with time, they learned that. And what, in the time that you were going through it, what feelings were going through you? So you were, this was all day in school, in the yard, and did it continue after school? Or it, see, like in school, it wasn't really that, like teen in school, you know, mm. I had a great group, little group of friends in school as well. It was more outside school, people really? from different areas. Mm. People had different areas. I think they really had really issues with themselves, yeah. you know, and took it out on other people. Yeah. Definitely like people were the targets for and what what feelings had you got? Like, were you really... So they used to call me out on a lot of my flaws, like, all the time. And then, as I said, like, about my ma and my sisters, um, my dad. My dad was in uh, prison for most of my life. Um, I used to get called out on that, even though, like, he was an amazing... Like, I was still an amazing man. He was like, couldn't be there for me the way he wanted to be. They used to... Yeah, just... I used to feel, like, lonely. Mm. Very lonely. Um... I used to, I used to hate myself, like in some, like look in the mirror and think about them things that they've said to me saying, actually, I do have that. Or actually, I do look like that. Or, God. You know? It's very hard because if you keep telling yourself that, that's the yeah, kind of that's thing. Yeah, that's what you're going to believe then, mm. you know? So that's why, like for me sisters, like I became like me ma, you know, even before me ma did, I was out screaming and shouting. I was out letting them hear me, like, cause I was not letting them feel what I felt like. I was not going to let that happen. And then how long was did it take you to tell your mum? Uh, Could she see there was something she, going on? Yeah, uh, she see me. Um, my nanny's friend Maureen as well. I spent a lot of time with. She knows the ins and outs of me. Like still to this day, she knows the ins and outs. And even if it's been 10, 12 years later, she knows it. Uh, she knows when I'm, I like if I'm not feeling myself. Um, they they pointed it out from a mile away because um, so watching that wasn't actually that long. They actually kind of pointed it out as an early stage because uh. I didn't want to grow. I always like being out. I always like being with my friends. I kind of a girly girl when I was a bit younger as well, like sitting out in the hall, doing air makeup. Um, I was actually also with the football as well. So I didn't like to go on the football team then. Right. Because they were involved in it. Some of them were, yeah, on the football team. So then I didn't like to go there. I stopped playing sport. Just... You said that about your mom that she came into the school and she was giving out to him. So then, like, did it stop then when your mom would go into the school? No, it didn't stop. Kind of. That's why I didn't like to do it because it kind of made it worse sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think that's what does happen. Mm. That's why a lot of children don't as well tell their parents or tell their guardian about being bullied because sometimes it can make it worse, you know. Mm. Oh, well, you have to have this or yet insane this or and then they're talking about someone else's appearance like that's coming in and giving out for them. 
And then you said that Maureen went to Store Street. So what took her to go to Store Street? I just like messages like about like kill yourself and stuff like that. Um, wow. Me not got, literally not crossing the door uh, anymore. Like not wanting to be, I wanted, like I actually moved down to Navin for a couple of months with Maureen to Maureen's house. And every summer I went down there because I didn't spend summer up in um, Shower Street. Mm. Uh, kind of got away from it all, you know. I had friends down in Navin. It was like a different, it's like I was in a different life. <laughs> it really was like, you mm. know, the way people, that's the way they spoke because I speak the way I'm from Shower Street. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. Mm. Um, but like how we play it, you know, it was just very different. And it was more of me. That was more of me than it was running around and slagging foreign people and mm. doing this and doing that. She went to the, to the guards down in Store Street and then what did they do? Did, was that done there? No, nothing was there. Nothing was went ahead. They asked me to do like statements and stuff like that and I didn't want to. Mm. I was like, no, we'll just drop it. You know, they were like, obviously your family, they're going to push it. You wanted to help. I think if I had done anything like that, it would have made it 10 times worse. Yeah. You know, because what could have really happened to children? Mm. Like being, when they're... Be oh, someone's bullying someone at a young age. I don't think like it's up to a parent. Yeah. You know, it was up to that bully's parent to do something there. And if they weren't doing that, and then there was no hope for them. But as I said, like that was a long time ago. And I think, and I think people changed them mm. in like with them themselves. Yeah. You know, I see people now and as I said, I give a big smile and say hello. And if they're going through anything or that, and like I would drop a message, I'm just, I don't hold grudges. Mm. You know, I know life is so, so short for everybody. Mm. You just don't know what's going to happen. So there's no point in going through life and dwelling on how I did feel because mm. I don't feel like that now. Yeah. And I just, I hope happiness for everybody. Like I'd like everyone to have and experience happiness in their life. And what would you, advice would you give to any mammy out there now that, you know, potentially like how can they watch a warning signs for bullying or, you know, how, if they did find out the child was being bullied, how would they deal with it? Like warning signs, like the loss of appetite, definitely um, not going out. You know, constantly on the phone, the iPad, you know, even though you're being bullied through something like that, you can't put it down. Even though you don't want to see what they're saying, you can't not open it. You know, I know that even for my little sisters in school now, and that's where all the bullying is true. The iPads, the iPhones, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, everything, but they don't put it down. So like, yeah. Always go through the kids phone. I've only learned that myself now with my two little sisters. Yeah. You know, allow, like I need to know the passcodes and only for stuff like that because if it gets too heavy, like I've often, my little sister, I've often went into her room. She hasn't come out in two days. Mm. And she's like crying and stuff saying that she doesn't want to be here. You know, me ma's not here anymore. And um, they don't have a great relationship with their father, mm. you know, um, and then when you're that age, friends is really what gives you the up and go. Mm. And when they're turning on you like that and, you know, all children fight. And I'm, my sisters do play a part in the fighting part too. You know, mm. they're not angels. We're not, none of us was all angels. And my mom would be the first to say that as well. Mm. Uh, like, sit, sit me down. What are you? What did you do? Mm. What did you say? You know, there's two sides to every story. You know, you can't always point the finger. Mm. You know, it doesn't work like that. And then what would you say to the mam then, to the mammies? To the mammies, no, don't back down. Mm. Don't, if your child is embarrassed, 
they won't feel like that tomorrow or the next day, you know? And now that I look at it, I'm like, I'm so thankful that I had my mom to come in and have me back like that. I'm so grateful that she did do that. I'm so grateful I had a mother, like parents who cared that what way I was feeling, you know? So go into the school, get a sorted, go to a head teacher, you know? Um, like, I think even approaching the bully, you know, mm. to ask what is the actual problem here? Like, why is it that you don't like like my daughter or what is it that you have a problem or what is it about yourself that you don't like mm. that you see in my daughter or my son you know maybe you need some help like you yeah. know give them a bit of sympathy I think that makes them rethink of why am I like this why am I bullying somebody yeah. well, why do why feel like this about myself you know come from somewhere yeah you told me about Warren. Yeah. so ha- tell me about that tell me about that relationship right she's my nanny's friend okay great friend and uh, she's been in all of her lives she was there the day I was born mm-hmm. she's been in all of her lives um, for many many years we couldn't see life without her she lived in Navin mm-hmm. and I became my little pal you know she just like took me under her wing like even though I have an amazing parents amazing family we just had this connection and Maureen does that with children. Maureen doesn't have any children of her own. And um, I'm only one of them that she took under her wing, you know, and had this close, great relationship where she absolutely used to spoil me. You know, I did no wrong <laughs> for her. Um, yeah, she lived in Navin. I'd go down every Friday until Sunday. Sometimes even Maureen would bring me to school from Navin, up right. and down. Uh, spend the whole summer there. That must have been totally different even to go down like from, because we, I spoke about this before that we were like from Kulak, from Mofu and then going to Rush every yeah. summer. And I was like, and even though Rush is only five minutes down yeah. the road and as Navin is probably 15 minutes down the road these days, like, but uh, that, the whole accent, as you said, the playing outside, that must have been. How we played and all, you know, like it was so different to how we played up in the street. Yeah. Like down here we'd like, up do little pop-up shops and you know uh get other kids involved everybody was there was no like oh no you can't play with us oh no what what could them show us mm. you know there was none of that I mean they were up to muck up to their knees and we were all just so happy you know it was I felt real free down there I felt like I could really be myself like and who I really am as a person and then tell me, you said to me about, and uh, Maureen's still in your life now, is she? Yeah, she is. And tell me then, you just said that you had great parents and you had great support system around you. So usually for inner city people, my mum is from inner city as well, and my dad, but they're big families. So, Huge. Yeah, you're, you're a big family. <laughs> yeah, we're the Caffrey's. Right. <laughs> you don't die, we multiply people. Say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we've great family. Uh, my mum has four sisters. I'm sorry, three sisters and a brother. Um, my dad's side, my dad's side, um, most of them are actually from the country. Right. My nanny was from the country. As you would I can tell you. <laughs> but my dad was born, like you're born and raised in Cherry Street as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just my grandmother was from the country, you know. But they all, when all my dad's family got a bit older, they're actually all living down different parts of the countries now. They all went back to their natural habitat, really, I think, you know. They're a great side of the family as well. They are the clerks. Um, my dad passed away as well. Yeah. So, but he was, um, as I said, he was in prison for the majority of my life. He died of cancer as well. Um, in prison. Horrible as well. Yeah. Um, when was that? When I was a 10. 
Um, you know, he served a 10 year sentence. Okay. He did um, for something so stupid years ago. He was um, like, I'm not trying to sugarcoat or anything. Like he mm. did what he did. Uh, he obviously served the sentence, you know, anybody who I've met and who know my dad, like from his age to women, men have never had a, a bad word to even say about him, even though he, whatever he did years ago. Um, they said, like, he was such a genuine, quiet, lovely man. And I feel like I never got to really know mm. that well, even though like I'd be up on a visit twice a week, you know, I spent time with him. It was just never that father daughter thing. Mm. Um, so he served a 10 year sentence. What was it like? Do you remember your first time you went up to see him? No, I wouldn't. So he went to prison when I was three months old. Right. So uh, I did a 10 year sentence. God. Um, they played your man for letting you go up and do the visits yeah, and all that, yeah. Yeah, she, that's one, like my man never, I've never heard my man say one bad thing about me father. Mm. Never, ever in the whole, in the whole, my whole life. Like I've never heard a bad mountain of my putting him down in any way. She never stopped any of her children from seeing their father, you mm. know, because that played a big part on a man's, mm. my man's behalf as well, no matter what. But, um, yeah, so he was just finished a 10 year sentence and um, he became very sick in prison. Uh, like his back and his legs and pains and he wouldn't bring him over to um, the hospital. He was in Mount Joy and the matter hospital, you could see through his window, like facing there. Got to a stage where you were wheeling him around on um, a wheelie hoover, pushing his friends. He was that bad, like in pain and he wouldn't bring him over. And when they did finally bring him over, he still, like he couldn't walk. Still have him handcuffed to do. I know it's probably protocol. Mm. But it was very hard for me to go up and see, like, he's in a hospital bed. Um, and when he went over, they told him that he was terminally ill. Yeah. God. Terminally ill, like, and all them, um, probably months and years of probably suffering or whatever and not being shown to a doctor. He had uh, cancer in the spine. Oh my God. So that's why the legs and stuff stopped yeah. working. Yeah, cancer in the spine. And then um, when I went up to see him and I was in hospital, um, they told me he had an accident over in prison. He slipped. And I remember, I remember, see, I only had one, I was born with one kidney. Right. So I was kind of in and out of hospital all my life, mm. sick, um, with the one kidney. And I remember my nanny and Maureen and my ma sitting down on the bed to tell me something. And I said, bawling. I was like, I'm dying. I know. Just tell me. Am I dying? I do I need a transplant to tell yeah. me what's going on. I was only 10. Yeah. And they sent me down to tell me like that wasn't an accident with my dad. Like he had cancer. And I was like, cancer is a big word in my family because it's like, it runs through my family like water. Uh, breast cancer and um, cervical cancer. Um, it's very strong in my family. And um, I was like, what? I didn't really understand at the, at the minute, at the time. Like, um, yeah, I'm kind of within like three, four months. He was, he was hospice and he was in the hospital for probably a week and he died. God. Yeah. What was he? So quick. He, he was the same age as me, ma when my ma died. He was 40, 41. God almighty. Yeah. And how did your ma deal with that then? Like, like. So like they were separated, obviously a long, 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 long time, but you were a great friend. Like only recently I took out um, a few things from the attic and I was reading their letters. Mm. Like even though my mom was moved on and in, in a relationship, their friendship was great. And you can see that through the letters, like they still have a little buzz here and there. Like, and 
they're just two very genuine down to earth people. Like, so the, you never got nasty with each other. Mm. Like, even though like they were separated and whatever. And he respected her so much. Like he was like, I would never expect you to sit around with Chantal for 10, 15 years, you know, mm. go live your life and be free and start a new life. And like that, I read all that through the letters, like, and it takes a man to, I know he was like gone for a long time, but I think it took a really good man to like be able to say that, you know. What was that like reading the letters? It was emotional, probably some of them are smudged now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very emotional, but it was it's something that I feel very grateful to have, mm. you know, to have the letters from him. Uh, all my letters as well. Always in every letter I apologised. In every single letter I apologised to what, like of how things have turned out. That's not what he ever wanted. God. Yeah. Tell me about your mom. Kelly from the block. Yeah. Tell me about her. <laughs> my ma, she was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I have nothing but good memories with me ma. Nothing but good memories at all. She was amazing mother, amazing sister, amazing daughter, amazing friend. And um, we used to, so we used to, we were lived with my nanny Uh Years and years ago, obviously, before my ma got her own apartment, mm-hmm. we got an apartment in the IFSC. Mm-hmm. And um, we moved in there. Great memories in there. Me and um, my four, three sisters, it was, Billie Jean wasn't in the apartment. Um, she always dressed me and Ali the same, okay. even though we're not twins. I'm three years older than Ali. <laughs> um, we're always the same. Every Christmas, we never, she never let us down for anything, even if she found it very hard mm. to get. And she struggled sometimes. Me nanny, seeing me nanny, mm. <laughs> never, ever let us down. Never let us down. Um, she was young, was she? She was obviously a young mammy having you. Yeah, so my, she was 19 when she had me. Mm. Um, she, you know, I've only seen those pictures recently after she passed away four years ago in the flats. She's gorgeous. Mm. Always big smile on her face, you know, always in the moment. Um, yeah, could never fault her about absolutely anything. Um, anybody who knows knows her, knows what I'm talking about. Saying that, um, she heard her before you seen her. She left an imprint and an impact on everybody's life and heart. But it was good or bad. You only matter once. You're going to remember. Mm-hmm. She, I can't even like, can't find the words to even talk or explain about her. Like it's mm-hmm. very very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, we had great memories growing up, a great life. Uh, me ma gave us and her sister all on our own. Well, they were at the help of me nanny. Me nanny is amazing. But like none of us ever really had a dad around, you know, like permanently strong, you know, mm. like um, there's always a man behind something. Mm. There was always there a nanny behind me ma. Mm. Um, yeah, I watched her going through a hard time. Um, in a relationship, when in one of our relationships, I watched her going through a hard time, very, very hard. Um, it wasn't pleasant at all. It was horrible. I think she started suffering from mental health then after that, and uh, kind of wasn't herself anymore. You know, like how old were you when that started to happen? Uh, when when she got into the relationship, I would have been about twelve, and then because they are seeing different like things in our relationship that I didn't like um, when I was probably about 14, 15, you know, mm. um, going through that, like it was a bit abusive, you know, physically and mentally, it's mostly mentally like, 
you know, and I think that's the worst, as I said about the bullying mm. mentally is like, that's where it hits how like the heart, I think, you know, um, that was obviously very difficult for you to see your mom being. Yeah. It was very, very hard mm. for me to see and try and not get involved, you know, even though I did so many times, mm, mm. I did, I really did um, get involved. Um, you know, it was probably best off that I didn't at some at stages like, well, she came out of that, mm. you know, he was gone. She came out of that, mm. came back to herself. But I think that was kind of messed with her head, like mentally, definitely. Um, so she said, yeah, like, but no matter how much she was suffering inside herself, like she never really let her see it, you know, mm. we never, we never like be without Anne or would question, like, there would be, she never give us a reason to question anything, you know? Yeah. Um, I find like, I don't know what way to put that, but yeah. 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 And then when did you just move down to civil place? Uh, so that was my nanny's house, a mm. uh, big, huge four bedroom house, big, huge back garden. Yeah, Nanny's house was always her house. Yeah. Really. I don't know if the other kids would hear that. <laughs> <laughs> or the grandkids or the family. But my nanny's house was always their house, you know. Her and my nanny was just, they were an item, mm. you know. My poor nanny's never been the same uh, since my ma passed away. Um, so we did a three-way transfer. Wow. My nanny only did it for my ma. You know, she, my nanny would never give up that house. She's been in 40 something years, uh, probably more. Um, that's her house since the flats were gone. Like, um, she, I could never see her giving that house up. But my ma, yeah, definitely. You know, my ma had four of us now in a two bedroom apartment in the IFSC. <laughs> uh, we were on top of each other, you know, we were on top of her. She had no personal space, nothing. Um, so we did a three way transfer. My nanny moved up to, uh, Sean Tracy. Apartments. The girl who was up there moved down to my apartment, and then my mom moved over to my nanny's house in 2000. And I think that would have been 14. I think we're in there about trying to think now. Maybe six years. So yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. Oh my god! Yeah, we moved in there. Um, it was a much bigger house, you know. Um, my nanny never left us, even though she moved. Oh, what kind of woman was your nanny? What was she like? Because obviously for her to do that, to leave her home of 40 years, yeah, that just says it all. My nanny is an amazing woman. You know, my nanny is somebody who we all look up to. You know, my nanny's mother died when my nanny was 17 and left my nanny. Like, it's like history repeating itself. My nanny had her own. Um, at the time, I think she had three kids and then she has... Four, three sisters and a brother, four sisters and a brother as well. She was wearing them all at the age of 17. God. So like eight kids. And then my nanny has five kids all together. And then she had five siblings. So 10 kids at the age of probably 20. Wow. Wearing them in a flat. In probably a one bedroom, two bedroom flat mm. many years ago. My nanny is the backbone of all of us, really. Whether they know it or not, you know, mm. she is... She's an amazing woman. She would never let any of us down, you know. Um, she's crippled now at the minute in pain over my ma. And she tries to like, not hide it because it's very easy to see, but she's trying to even be there and doing everything for me, you know, and the kids and the girls. Like, there's nothing I could ever say like that would fault me in any. Like, she's an amazing woman. She she made us all the women who we are today. She made our children the women they are today. And she made now our grandchildren. And now she's hearing to live on about our great grandchildren, and I'm so happy for that. 
So then take back to you, the house. So you're in the house seven years. Um, in the house, it was a much bigger house. Yeah, for us back then, we were there. So we were only there probably about two, three years. And my ma got sick. Um, we thought it was just really mentally forced because she had been suffering with mental health. You know, we thought um, that's where it was. You know, she'd been to the doctors. They were telling her she had sciatica in her back um, for weeks. She'd given her tablets for different stuff. Is she in pain? Yeah, she, she started being in pain um, and my mom like, wouldn't take a tablet. Like, apparently, mm. like she used to crush paracetamol and put many yogurt <laughs> still at like 25 years of age. Mm. Um, so she wouldn't touch anything really. Uh, just pain relief and um, wasn't helping, you know. She was going back, you know. She was, we used to think like she was a, um, a hypochondriac, you know. There was mm. always something wrong mm. years ago, you know. Like, oh, she's there. She suffered really bad with panic attacks and anxiety. Mm. Very, very bad, you know. Mm. And at a younger age, I didn't understand that. None of us understood that. So we were like, oh, she's off again, you know. Right. Oh, she's, she'd be like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Mm. And not only that, when I start experiencing anything like that, I feel so like it's something that I always make, kick myself, you know, feeling saying, this is how my ma felt. And I was like, she's a hypochondriac. Mm. I can't believe I ever said that to her. I felt like that, you know, but it was innocence. I was a child. I didn't know what it was, mm. you know. So I always take that very, very serious now. And I know it's kind of brushed off on a lot of things now because it's getting so more common mm. and people say, oh, they don't know what that is, but it is real and it is out there and there is children as well suffering very bad from it, mm. you know. So we thought like that was me, ma. Kind How of, many kids had you got at that point? When she got sick. Get sick yeah. yeah, so no, she had Billie Jean. Um, we have Billie Jean now, so she's five of us. So in the house, there's five girls in your house. There's five girls in um, my house and me, ma. And your ma. And so when your ma got sick, what were the ages? So the ages when my ma got sick, um, I was 21. Ali was 17. Kiana was 10. And Emmy was nine. There's only a year between them two. Irish twins. <laughs> yeah. And Billie Jean was two. Yeah. She was just going to. Billie Jean was. Um, my ma got took very sick. Uh, she, I was pregnant at the time. on the twin boys. God. Um, so she was in and, going to the doctor in and now yeah. the doctors um, sciatic as you said wherever finally got to a, a proper doctor like in the matter who said that she had stage 4 cancer in the lungs my water broke the next day I was 19 weeks <laughs> on the twins um, I think it was just here like just I don't know the shock my body went into shock like like it was just straight away, she's terminal, terminally ill, you know, just that was, that was it. Like, uh, for the first time hearing she had cancer, like, so my waters broke. I had my 20 week scan, um, that week. And, uh, I didn't know my waters actually broke the, like, it was just, I thought the baby was sitting on like a, something, the babies, should I say, was sitting on something. I went to my 20 week scan and they said, um, you were like, what? Your water has gone. The water has broken. It has been for a good few days now. Okay. How have you not been in pain? I said, I probably was, you know, I just feel normal at the minute. Like I've, I had to kind of explain to them. Mm. I remember my partner couldn't be there because he um, was only a year into an apprenticeship and, um, you know, he couldn't get it off or anything. 
So I was on my own. I didn't ask any of my family. I didn't even tell them because everyone was in around me ma that mm. whole week, you know, yeah. after, after that news. I didn't want to tell anybody. I take them away from the hospital from us. So I went on my own. I remember walking down O'Connell Street, down from the matter to the Rotunda, mm. falling, falling. Like I didn't know me where it was gone by then, but just like I had no one going to the scan with me, you yeah. know. It was a big scan. It was upstairs the first time. I mean, they just kind of left the room to get in our doctor. I was like, I knew something was wrong, you know. Mm. And they come back and they told me that my water was gone on one of the baby sacks. And it was kind of dripping from the other babies, the other baby. So um, after loads of meetings with uh, pediatricians and stuff like that, the survival rate wasn't great uh, for the twin boy, for my boys. You know, we had memory boxes made up, arrangements made. I'm, did you go through this on your own or at that point, did you involve the family and... Uh, yeah, at that point, like uh, like that day, it took me a day to tell like everybody. I know that's not long, but like I couldn't keep it in. You know, I told my parent I came straight home from work. I just didn't want anyone to take any comfort away from me, ma. You know, and um, my ma needed all of us and everyone. She needed me to be strong. I had to. I had my sisters at home when my ma was in hospital. You know, I needed like I needed to be strong for her, for my nanny, because I know how strong my nanny was for me, ma. You know, um, and. It was absolutely horrific pregnancy. You know, it was horrible. Going through the whole pregnancy, like thinking, oh my going through this, like they're not going to come out. Like this, this something's going to happen. You know, you I had the chaplain in with me all the time. I had like memory boxes made up um, from stuff. They had like arrangements done, you know, um, one said like when one passes away, you know, we're going to have to, open you straight away because it's going to cause an infection and when we do that the other baby is going his pregnancy is going to have to end you're only 20 something weeks 22 weeks you know so it was just well I actually feel a real thing like to say how strong they are mm-hmm. sorry you are take your time have a glass of water <laughs> have a sip of water We'll take a break. We'll take a break. And we're back after that little break and I'll let Chantelle continue. So um, I thought like um, this was it, you know, I was dealing with my mom being terminally ill and then losing the babies as well at the same time. Well, thinking I was like, you know, being told I was. I actually, now that I think if I don't know how I came out of the other end of that, <laughs> you know, I feel even the heaviness even talking about it there, like, mm-hmm. um, well, we got to... I think 26 weeks and uh, the other baby sack went completely, the water. Um, So I was kept in then on bed rest and my mouth was getting sicker at home. You know, I signed myself out two, three times. <laughs> you know, my arguments with me, Mark, back up to the hospital. Like, no, I want to be here with you. Because mm-hmm. even though we never spoke about my ma dying with me, ma, because she was so in denial about passing away and she was so, so frightened. Like when I said. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Earlier on, about a panic attacks. She used to have panic attacks since she was dying and there was nothing wrong with her. She had a fear of dying. Okay. So to even say that word, like, to build pass away, we never got out in line or anything, you know, when she was really sick, like, because she would never address that she was dying. Never once, like, did she? Um. So we used to sit at our bedside and escape from hospital, you know. Mm. Then they kind of let me on temporary release in the hospital mm. because um, I used to say, I'm on TR, you know, yeah. because um, they knew how sick she was and they knew how I was feeling and they knew what I was going through and they, we needed, me and my man needed each other, mm. you know, So they, and she couldn't come to a hospital. like um, So I was let home, you know, I was let out till six o'clock every evening. <laughs> um, I used to go out, go down and sit with my mom. She'd be like, you need to be in there. It's going to be the best place where you and the babies and all. And I'd be like, no, I need to be here with you, you know. Like in my head, I was thinking because this is all the time we have left really. Like, you know, <laughs> I would never say that to her ever. Um, but I then got to 32 weeks. I was still in hospitals, kept in. Um, it was May. Uh, May the 18th, um, I start getting pains and stuff. But, um, like the nurses and midwives was amazing. And, um, in the return, they went me, you know, I think they had like, they really felt for me because of what I was going through. So they all like my friends, you know, and then the older ones were like my nannies. And, mm. um, I got, I got, I was getting pains. And you know who was with me when I was getting pains? Maureen. Oh, God. You know, she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh, I can tell, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Ask him for paracetamol. Yeah. You know, and he actually came around and gave me paracetamol. And I was like, no, no, this doesn't feel like there's them normal pains I've been getting. And, um, they did a, a blood test on me. And like I said about the infection that can happen after the water gone, that mm. start to happen uh, really rapidly for me. And then I was taken in straight away to THR 32 weeks. So they survived all the way from 19 weeks to 32 weeks. God. And um, maybe they're, you know, they're here. Um, they were born survivors. I always say really, really born survivors. What kind of labour did you have? I had an uh, emergency section. Okay. Um, 
Emergency section, my partner was with me. When you were having the emergency section, did you think that you were going to lose them? Yeah. You did, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I did, you know. Like, like the doctors was like, we're going, like there was about 10 of us in my delivery in this, like I met with the pediatricians, I met with the master at the hospital and all, like, you know, he's supposed to be really, really expensive, you know, mm. like insurance wise. Mm. I had a medical card floating in there. <laughs> like, you know, so I have a medical card, you know, people were like, Daryl's nanny, um, walks in the hospital mm. and uh, she was like, do you know, he's like 15 grand, like about in on your session. Like I was like, what? These better not give me a bill. <laughs> I have a medical card. Met with him loads of times and it was just kind of, oh, it's just real touch and go. We'll have, we're all going to be there. We're all going to be prepared. There's going to be about 15 people in the delivery room. You know, we're going to do our best we can, but like it is what it is, you know, we're not going to paint it with things where you're like this well you're gonna hear the cry or you're not what was it like when you did hear the cry I didn't hear the cry you you know know. um so number Chester came out first um Chester came out first and I didn't hear the cry and I just remember seeing like like what can I say there's a cross on here in front of me (laughs) it's literally like the sides of it going past me you know because I'm on a section like like I didn't get that skin to skin I've never gotten that um and then I heard when the other baby came out, I heard him cry. So they were ventilated straight away. You know, there was like loads of doctors around them and they were brought straight up to the um, intensive care in the ICU. And I was in recovery and all. And I was What my, weight were they? Uh, they were actually great weights. Um, three, 3.5 and 3.7. That is yeah. a great weight. Amazing. Like amazing way for like everything that went through, you know. Yeah, at five past six and six minutes past six, I had to chew them. Um, and then it wasn't until, like, you're in recovery and then after sex and you're still paralyzed, you know, I didn't get to see see them until like two o'clock that morning. You know, I remember I went going up in a wheelchair um, on my own, <laughs> up to the wheelchair to see them and, um, like, to see what, you couldn't even really see their faces. Like you were covered, the tubes were sticking out of everywhere. I got an awful fright. You know, I was like, these are here. And what, like, what are we going to stay here? The doctors didn't know. Like, it was just take it every day as you go. Like, and then I remember putting my uh, hand in and just talking and then getting a reaction off them. Like, um, to say, like, they knew me voice, you know, they knew it was me. Like, and that was, that was something else. And then, um, they progressed really well. They put on weight really well. And um, we're in two weeks, even though they told me it could be up to six months, they'll be in there. We're in two weeks, they were home. Oh my God. Yeah. God. Two weeks. But I said, I always say, so they were born in May. My ma passed away in August. I, was, I used to be so angry at God, you know, I used to be so angry altogether. Like, but I say, I always say, my ma gave up she gave in and gave up our life for me to have life with them too, you know, to let them come into my life. Like, um, or she was calling, they were all golden balls for, like when I was pregnant, you know, they're kind of, she always wanted a boy. She always wanted a boy. Mm. I think that's why she has yeah. five girls because she always yeah. was trying for a boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think after the future, she's like, all right, I'm not going to get a boy. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting old now. Yeah. Um, and when she heard I, I was having two boys, oh my God, she just couldn't wait to be a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like she just was so excited. 
anybody who knows and knows what way she was, like on a Facebook status, you know, how bad that spelling was, how big paragraphs, whole golden balls. She can't wait. She couldn't wait. Um, but she only ever got to hold them once because she got really sick, you know, really. And um, like frail, you know, like sore, you know, um, there. Um, in, what month was it? In June, she went for a big scan. Um, after doing a treatment, chemo and stuff. And they said it was at the progress into the liver. You know, it's all in the lymph nodes. Um, that they can try chemo again if they want. But that was kind of just it. And I think that just kind of, I don't know, like, I even feel numb now even just to even think about that now. Like, um, tell me what it was like bringing them home yeah, into the house with your mom and your nanny and everyone. Was that just so magic or? Oh, it's just magical. You know, um, I actually just came across a photo of you that day. Um, so one came home first and then the other one came home the next day, right. <laughs> literally the next day. Um, so Chester came home first. And he was supposed to be the sickest, you know. He's really, really. He was born with um, missing membrane, though. Mm. Um, that like helps your brain. Um, use the left and right side. Mm. But um, so far so good. There's nothing that the doctors think are sticking out, mm. or he's just a fine, healthy, normal boy now. Thank God for that. Um, but when they come home, um, I found a picture of my ma holding him the other day. Um, my ma was sick, obviously. Uh, the whole house. It's just like. You know, it was like that, not that the sickness was going out of the house, but you know, that feeling, you know, like everyone was walking around knowing what's really going on, you know, mm. even though we didn't speak about it to me, ma, like everyone knew, you know, and it was just that feeling all the time in the house, you know, mm. and then when the kids came home, it was just like, wow, the happy distraction. Yeah, it was amazing. Like even to see me ma being uplifted, like, you mm. know, I thought I'd never see her like uplifted again it was amazing um yeah I remember like she was sick in bed and I used to be like why well, want to run in and have a bath and like she used to, be, used to think I was great I said Mark can I just leave that bring them up like, yeah bring them in she's take them out of Moses I like no, don't lift them up because I knew how sick she yeah. was and when I come out of the bath the two of them would be in the bed beside her and all lying beside mm. her they were only tiny tots mm. the two of them on that lap look at them Chantal look at them no singing to them and yeah um but it was great for the couple of weeks that we had them in the house with her. Brilliant. Um, and then um, we looked into me ma travelling yeah. um, for a sickness. We came across a place in Germany. Mm. And uh, I think it was like 50 something thousand uh, to get her there and for the treatment. Um, so we obviously didn't have that type of money, like, mm. you know. Um, so the... Double woman came together. Or double how, how did that come together? Beverly. Beverly, okay. Beverly, mm. the woman mm. herself. Mm. Amazing woman. Mm. Absolutely amazing woman. Is always just going above and beyond for everybody else, you know. Even now when I turn on social media and I see her, she's always just, it's for somebody else, you know. Yeah, Beverly. So Come. Beverly is Beverly Coughlin. Coughlin, yes. Sorry. And we did a podcast with Beverly with her friends and the Five Lamps. The unlikely stylist. Yeah, it's I know. Called. She's around. amazing. Yeah, yeah, go check her out with the clothes. Anyways, amazing. So Beverly. So Beverly started up a GoFundMe, um, with a goal on it to try and my mum's story on it and stuff. Um, you know, and then my amazing neighbours, uh, got in with her. You know, and then the whole of the Dublin Dublin came in together. You know, you know what I mean? 
when I'm really mean everywhere was painted pink it was painted pink <laughs> everywhere there were street parties there was Strictly Come Dancing there was um, you name it like there was actually so many it was amazing and just while I'm on here it's like it's like there's something that me and my family never ever forgets like we always want to say a big huge thank you to absolutely everybody and um so there was loads of different fun things, kids stuff, adult stuff, nights, you know, daytime, street parties, everything, t-shirts, key rings, you name it. There was for me, ma. And that's where she got the name Kelly from the block. That's what they put, <laughs> that's what they put everywhere. Uh, hearing everybody's different stories, you know, like I'm wider doing this. And it was just really like so touching, you know, and the videos you still have of uh, everything now is amazing. But so there's so many things done, you know, we reached the goal. Uh, we got to Germany. It was after, obviously, Ireland had said there's nothing else that we can do, you know. We, um, so we started around the cannabis aisle first. <laughs> it's so funny, <laughs> you know. My ma, like, she was so anti-drug, you know, she wouldn't take a painkiller, mm. you know. And then to see her so stoned in bed on the, <laughs> the munches, you know. She used to ask for mad stuff, obviously, from years ago, like dinner, yeah. like she wanted eggs and spaghetti and crazy fish fingers and all like and she like went weird with her food you know she yeah. had like a bit of a choking disorder it was all like in her head mm. so to see her grubbing the way she was grubbing you know like on the munches used to be great I have a few videos of her being like that and I always cherish um, we tried over the cannabis oil you know um, as I heard everyone heard like it was supposed to be amazing to fight against but I think she was just really too late gone mm-hmm. you know so we got her to Germany um, we left her off to Germany the day of my birthday. The day I turned 22, 16th of July. We were in the airport and we waved her off. <laughs> I remember being in the toilet with her and she's in the wheelchair mm. and she's going to the toilet and go back in the wheelchair and she started get, getting up. I was like, man, what are you doing? What's wrong? Just take a quick selfie in the mirror, you know, <laughs> before I go over here. Oh, so I have that selfie mm. and she was in the toilet <laughs> in the airport. Uh, she got really sick over there. She did, um, they did something, obviously the cancer was in the liver and the lymph nodes mm. everywhere, but they put like a stent in her, in her liver. I don't think it helped her at all, you know. I think the flying did mm. a lot of damage. Um, but we obviously weren't giving up without trying anything in the world, you know. She got, got a bit swollen and all and stuff. Um, but she came home. I remember when she came home and she walked in the door. She kind of walked in the door. Uh, my stepfather, Tutu, a whole partner, our life, our absolute life, as everybody knows, her Tutu, mm-hmm. um, was with her through the whole lot, through everything. He's still with us. You know, he's amazing. I couldn't see life ever, ever without him. Uh, he, remember, he's limp, uh, linking her, coming in the door, and I just kind of looked at her and I kind of seen it yoke in her face. Like, I was like, she's not able, you know, I can't keep putting her through this and that you know obviously we wanted to try everything but I seen how sick and weak she was getting you know and my nanny knew you know my nanny always knows my nanny's at the main through the mill where uh, our own sisters our own nieces you know as I said cancer is really big in my family Um, my nanny was always trying to tell us you know and we were kind of a bit in denial they were like no no we'll she was like she needs to rest you know have the time or you know like mm-hmm. Don't keep putting her through more treatments and stuff like let her rest, you know. And I think when when my ma walked in the door after Germany that night, I knew by the look on her face, right, we need to just 
like, I'd be comfortable now, you know. So we had palliative care then, only for a week or so. Um, and she was induced to the coma. Um, yeah, we were all there though on that pass. <laughs> Sorry. Right. It's still so raw. I know. I don't know, but you know. Yeah. Go we were all breath. there. Take a breath. Take a breath. Yeah. Have a sip of water. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, when she kind of, they kind of induced her into the coma, because the palate care does, you know, like to keep them pain free, everything. It's when we all got to really say how we feel, you know, because she couldn't give out of us then, you know, she couldn't answer us back. Um. I just uh, promised her. Sorry. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Did you have the, com- at what point before this did you have the conversation with her about the fact that you were going to take over the children? Uh, when they had, there was a solicitor in the room, you know, mm-hmm. and you wrote up a will. I think that's when she kind of came to change. That was only like two weeks beforehand. Um, you know, she was, she got her, it was in February and died in August, mm. like six months to the day, literally to the day. So we had to get stuff like that done, even though like we kind of tried to do it behind our back, like, mm. oh, she also needed to sign off on some stuff. So she wrote it in the will. That me and my nanny would be guardians, legal guardians of the kids. And my nanny is like, after being there and doing that to her whole, whole life, you know, mm. and like she's, she's walking around with a very big heavy heart now and she's there every day and she helps us every single day but I take all that kind of thing off you know I have the kids at home with me like all the time every day I wouldn't let anybody else do what I'm doing you know mm-hmm. no matter how tough it is and trust me it's still the teenage girls mm-hmm. you know I know I've been there myself um, but yeah I wouldn't let anybody else do that and did you just make arrangements with your mum? We mom? made arrangements, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a will written up and it's for me mum to sign, like, to say, like, I'm a legal, legal guardian, you know? I'm like, turned around. <laughs> I remember she said, like, anything to leave. She was like, what? I only have a social welfare card. What do you want me to leave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, she made things, like, you and made things stuff, like, funny mm. all the time. Yeah. She's like, I hope you don't expect me. <laughs> I have a social welfare card. Mm. But, um... She did. She left things back in her own way. And it was in her own way. Definitely. She left her legacy with the whole lot of us, which is more valuable than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had sit down, yeah. She signed off. So that's when she kind of knew. Like she had said it to me, like, about the children. And she was like, oh, like she wouldn't have anybody else there but me, you know. I think she knew I was always going to be a homeboard and grounded. And then especially because I had my two children. Because Ali, whole Ali was a life, you know, Ali has to go to college. Ali had to graduate. Ali has to travel. Like, this is what she wants for Ali, you know. Mm. Like, she's not going to put that um, responsibility on Ali, you know. Mm. Ali um, is an amazing young girl uh, struggling uh, with life without me, ma. Definitely. Um, she's still in college. She's still me, ma, proud. Um, but... She's still at home. She's a home board, you know. She's helped me. I, can't, I couldn't get through one day without Ali. So Ali's in college now, is she? Yeah, Ali is studying business in college. My mum always wanted to be an accountant. 
just a bit of a stigma with her now that she has to be in Camden. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ali, um, Ali's missing me, Matt. Terrible, you know, more than she shows. But everybody knows, you know, she's um find it very hard to be in this life without me, mom being here. You know, her and me, mom was glue on paper, really. You know, they had a very, very special bond. But um, she's still with me, and I always want her to be with me because I couldn't get through a day without her. You know, she's a big, really big, big part of my backbone. You know, um. We argue, we fight, you know, and my mom being gone makes it a lot harder on all our relationships. Um, you know, my mom's a glue to my whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even see all the family as much as we'd like to anymore because my mom's not around, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's very hard. Um, she really was somebody who stuck us all together, you know. She was the reason why we all seen each other. Um, but now she's gone. Um, it's something that we're all going to try to work on. You know, because it really is very important and I know how important it is. And it's so, we were all so close growing up in my family, so close, you know, and I want that from Chester and Chase mm. um, to have that like with their family. And when they have cousins and, you know, um, that's something that I want to happen, like, you know, change. And then your your mom passed away then? And then my mom passed, yeah, um, August 19th. Of August, um, she passed away. Um, we were all around her bed. Um, the whole lot of us. We have a cousin who sings, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a gorgeous voice. And she was singing and all, you know. Um, it's a heart- bittersweet moment, you know. Um, but the, all the people who mattered, you know, was there. Um, all the people to support her, like her family, who was there supporting us, supporting me nanny, you know. Um, my mum died that evening. Um, just nothing has been the same, really. Give her a big send off. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I've been to see a couple of mediums. Um, mm. I feel like it's my way of talking and hearing from her. You know, mm. I haven't been to one in a long time, but it's always mentioned about the send off. Always the big huge thank. We had a big huge party for her in Parnells. Um, we had an amazing send off. Um, it was really for her. Her song was um, It's Rain and Men. She did a show in Cheryl Street years ago. Mm-hmm. Did a video of it. It's very good. She did Jerry Hallowell and Madonna Holiday are our two <laughs> songs. And when we were at the graveyard, I played It's Rain and Men for her and it absolutely danced down. Did it? It's like the heavens was opening, you know? God. It danced down uh, of rain. It was crazy. I was like, I know she's gone up now. Mm. Like, that's how I knew. You know, and then just as soon as we were all going back to the cars, the sun split the trees. It was crazy. But that was how I knew she's at peace now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's she passed away. But um, it's been very hard, very, very hard. You know, every day is still a struggle um, for the girls, you know, for Billie Jean. Like she still cries for her, you know, she still asks for her. She still wants to feel her, you know, she, she's a bit confused Um. You know, like about like sometimes she call me mam, mammy, like, mm-hmm. and I don't mind. Like I love her. Like I, I'm, I'm going to rear her. You know, we all like uh, we all have a part in her. But now I let her forget like who our ma really is. You know, I never want that, that to leave her. I'm just so frightened of that because she's so young. You know, so every day we're, my ma spoken about absolutely every single day in the house. 
um, it's been very, very hard. I have been, but I wouldn't have been able to get through without uh, Daryl, my boyfriend. It's amazing. Like, tell me about Daryl. Well, wow. <laughs> um, where did you meet? So we actually made our communion together. He's yeah. from, um, he's from the same area. He's mm. from the, the Five Lamps, right. <laughs> as you know. Um, and Irma's was friends. Um, their Irma's was friends. Yeah. Um, Tina is his mom. Is the boy's grandmother. Amazing. Absolutely mm. amazing. We'll be lost with her. Truly, we'll be lost with her. Um, she was friends with my mom years ago. Uh, they all grew up together, you know, in the street, in the flats, uh, made her communion together, me and Dal, with communion photos. Yes. Uh, and then we kind of just, we kind of started chatting in like 2016. We're only together four years. And um, yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, ride with Dal from like now, from then to now, he's an amazing man. Um, you, how strong he really is. It's crazy, like mentally, like, what I'm at to being true and he's at to being true because he's at to being true with me. You know, he gained, he had a great relationship with me, ma. He went to law support as well. You know, um, he's been really strong for me. He's been really there for me and my, and my sisters. And he's the most like amazing dad ever. I really have to say that he really is like, he's a great role model for Chester and Chase. I'm truly blessed to have met him and being with him, he's so in love with each other, you know, it's mm. still, it's still all really dear. It's still all really sparkly now, you know, mm. even though we've had kids and we've been through what we've been through, we always makes, he always takes the time out to make sure I feel that all the time. And I really appreciate it. Because that's one thing we spoke about with Louise's episode as she was going through such a horrific time. But actually her sister was in the background of it all, watching her go through that. So she was having her traumas with that as well. Yeah. So I can imagine that it was very tough for Daryl. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He's the man behind all. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And now tell me about the boys. The boys. The boys are absolutely crazy. They're amazing. I was wish me I was here, like to be around them. One of them is so like her. Really? Like her personality, one of them is so like her. And it, bring, it brings up a bit of a happiness, you know, like even I, I see it in me nanny and Maureen and watching them. They're thinking about me ma because I am, you know, mm-hmm. and I know they are. They're amazing. Uh, they're Chester and Chase. They're two and a half now. Mm-hmm. Born survivors, they say. Mm-hmm. They're great. They are. They're so clever. Oh my God. Just like they're, they're years ahead already. Um, you know, they... I always say like they saved me in a way, you know, like they they made me feel again, you know, and I thought I'd never feel anything again, like after losing me ma and that. Like it was very bittersweet having finally like having children and having boys, like can't having boys in the family and the most important people I wanted to share with are not here anymore. But I know that they're here in spirit, definitely. Um yeah, the boys, I want them to always know how grateful I am and thankful that they came into my life at that time. Even though it was so tricky and rocky, I know that God gave me them and he took me ma and me ma didn't in a favour, you know. Mm. Definitely, that's how it all worked out like that. I can never be angry at that because I have two beautiful children now, you mm. know, strong and healthy. You know, even though there's so many complications supposed to come with this, there hasn't been. Mm. I bless myself right now, like to think, mm. but like there hasn't been, it's been an amazing journey, like, you know, and it gives me a reason to wake up every morning and feel blessed again, you know, and feel grateful. And even though every day is a struggle, but I still, I feel so grateful for so many things, you know, like I, I'd never like 
I can't be angry for I, my man never want me to feel like go through life feeling like that mm. you know or any of our children I know we're all angry and I know we all deal with things in different ways but I just want my sisters to know like that that's not what way my man would want them to feel you know she wants them to move on be happy you know go catch their goals go do the get their dreams you know the same as what she would push us to do if she was here talk me through Morning is like in your house. Hectic. Yeah. <laughs> so just nine of us living in the house. Sorry. We have Ali and her boy, boyfriend Leon. He's family. You yeah. Know. That's where it is. He's me. He, me, ma, absolutely adored him. <laughs> Loved him. He's great for Ali. You know, he, he keeps her happy. You know, it's great mm. to see her having that bit of happiness still. Mm. Um, so Ali and Leon, and then we have me and Daryl and the two boys, and Kiana, Emmy, and Billy Jane. In the house. God. So every morning, everyone's up for walk, school, college. Um, the, mor- the the amount of lights I, that's on in the morning time, just fighting over hairbrushes, just crying over ponytails. Um, but, you know, that's the way my house always was when I was younger, loud, noisy, bright, you know, and I'll always keep it like that because that's mm. the way my mom wants that now and I always had it, you know, that's the way we always were. But it's a busy morning in the house. Uh, the boys are in cre- a crash now with Billie Jean. Billie Jean's in preschool. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> preschool. So those three go off in the morning as well. Um, and then Ali is in college and Kian and then we go to school. Kian has gone into first year now. She never got to make a confirmation over the COVID-19. Oh, Everything is still hanging. So that's really sad because she's like... Yeah, I might wear that top now, wear a pair of nice jeans. You know, I'm only yeah. wearing that outfit now. I'm like, I'm like what? I got that made. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, when my mom was sick and I was having the babies, he only started the apprenticeship. He's mm. going to be qualified now at the end of December. Brilliant. So he's done amazing through that. He's in college at the minute, living in that long. God. Yeah. Um, he's in college now and there to finish it up. So it's been What's really... What's that like? Uh, like... He's it's like my friend as well, mm. you know. Like I miss him. I miss mm. his company, you know. He I miss him for the help big time mm. as well. But he comes back weekends, so it's mm. been great. His mom is amazing, and like that, we nanny more and a great help as well. Uh, but it's very very tough. Like, it has imagine. been very tough, very hard, very tiring. Even though they go off to a crash and that, and they come back. So I tried to go back to work there last year, um, a little part time job, but um. My time was coming home, you know, I still had to do the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and, and then it was coming home at the same time as the kids and it was just getting too much, you know, I'm not ready to go back to work yet. Mm. Even though I, I've, I've walked since I was 13, mm. I love being out walking. Mm. You know, I do miss that kind of world as well sometimes. Of you know, course. That, that free, like, thing. Um, you know, like when I've often went out for lunch and I live beside you, if I see it's so hectic and busy. I've been standing in a queue for lunch and I'm looking around, everybody talking in their suits and their, their clothes. And I'm like, I miss this, you know, mm. miss, miss this environment. Mm. You know, a little bit of space, headspace for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I miss the environment um, of work, you know. It was like, but well, as me nanny now says, what you're doing there was a job. Mm. You know, and it's a hard job most and most people's work, you know, and I never kind of look at her like that. And it really, really is, you know, it's very, it is stressful. Like, I mean, I'm going great. I'm 24. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm the fact is, rapidly. you are 24. 
And, you know, some people don't know what they want to do in their life until they're 30. Do you know what I mean? They don't, 30, 32, they don't know what they want to do in their life. And then some people have it completely different. They think they know what they want to do with their life. And then they have kids in their 30s and that whole thing changes. So they don't know. So you've plenty of time. Yeah. That's why I always say, and I always think like, that's what I said about going back to college and being what I wanted to be, you know, Mm. I don't think that works anymore <laughs> give a different focus yeah. now no but I always have time to do all that you know I still feel like some of my friends like their maps are still you know cleaning their room and making their beds and making that coming home to their dinner and like that's the way my mom was like my mom was still cleaning my room when I was pregnant mm, <laughs> you know mm. she'd come in and change your bed and all and I'm like I have to do the whole lot of that now <laughs> you know my friends are like well my friends are great are they absolutely great really really are um, you know, like even throughout with Daryl going to at loan, they're mm. around me every day, they're coming down, they're helping me. Like, Tell me about them, who are they? So Tony and Megan are amazing. I have Leona, Katie, Nicole and Lauren. Um, they've been there for me through the bullying, you know, um, that many years going back. Like, you know, they're absolutely amazing. They're around me every day nearly, you know, and they, they, always, they always back off and give me the space the weekend, like when Daryl comes around because they know, mm. you know, and I never feel like, I never feel like I have to explain that to them and mm. that's great, you know, because sometimes people use people like for friendships and stuff mm. from being around and it's not, we're just so like that with each other, like, and that's amazing. Um, Great friends. Um, we've a few new babies in the group. Mine, mm. uh, I wasn't actually even the first, um, Lauren was, but there's a few new babies in the group. Now there's only one or two who doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's great. Um, you know, I'm starting to, See, to see, do things with the other children and mm. like the way we were all growing up with each other, like we all went to school with each other and now our kids are being around each other and mm. that's great. Mm. And then tell me about um, time with Daryl. Do you get like, obviously pre-COVID, do you like... Um, oh, pre-COVID we were mad for a day and Really? I swear people are so good. Like family, like for the, with the kids, you know, like his mom is amazing. His mom takes them, you know, every Tuesday or Wednesday for a couple of hours and overnight every Friday. Wow. Which is amazing, mm. you know. So we have a free Friday night every week. Um, me nanny and Maureen, any holidays I want to, we wanted it, we'd, we've done or anything, whether it's a couple of days, a week, that's, I've never have an issue, mm. you know, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, they're amazing with the kids. Um, Daryl loves a date night. <laughs> we love the cinema. We miss the cinema. Terrible. Hotel. We might as well live in hotel for the weekend. Really? Great. Um, yeah, now we could just kind of take the time with each other now with all the COVID stuff. We're taking the Friday night, it's just a movie night, you know, every mm. weekend now. It's great, you know, getting to spend that time around because it's gone all week, you know, and um, just chilling out and then spend the rest of the weekend with the kids. We like go up on a Saturday and go do something like, I know we can't do much now, but like we go walking or to a park and then all the lights, we're like going to different places and checking out all the lights everywhere. Yeah. I'd love to see your Christmas tree. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and what about um, Christmas? Talk about Christmas. What's that going to be like? It's going to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christmas is still a very hard time for us because me ma loved Christmas so much, you know. She tried, we used to see our stuff from our news and all, like trying so much. Like we like to give us everything that we wanted, you know. We never woke up after asking for something and it wasn't there, mm. you know. She was amazing. Um, but Christmas, now that we have the babies, because they're two older girls are older mm. now. Now they're looking for like, Santi wants money. I said, they want Santi to give money now mm. and stuff like that. Um, 
so but with the, t- the three babies it's amazing it's so magical I love it mm-hmm. I absolutely love it it's great every year in the house you know like Daryl's family will come down my nanny and Maureen will be there some of our family will come down and then later on that night like some of our friends will come down we'll have a glass but we'll spend all day like doing the toys the, we have a big huge back garden so it's great the kids get to go out and play with the toys and stuff mm-hmm. I, me and Ali love cooking we're real foodies so yeah. like we'll spend the whole week up to prep and stuff and like getting all the like nibbles and stuff and we love anything like that. You do a turkey dinner? Yeah. So on that, one thing, your Instagram. Okay. So you blew up on Instagram last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. It was just like, well, go, uh, I don't know what happened, you know, it was just like overnight and it's like getting so many follow followers and I think I went up like a thousand followers in 24 hours. And again, it was down, but I seen Beverly. Beverly that's how I yeah. said, followed you from Beverly. Beverly had a sheer Saturday. Yeah. I was on sheer Saturday. And she just kind of put the photos and just kind of like pin posts about my life. Mm. Just all real, you know, it's just all the truth. Mm. And it kind of blew up a little bit. And I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Mm. <laughs> you know? And your cooking is like everyone, because I've seen it and so many people are asking about cooking. Like, you know what I mean? People are always going on about that. Yeah, no. They're all like just the same dishes as my ma would have done us. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, I like to step out with a comfort zone. I do like cooking. I always love cooking and baking and skill. Yeah. That was also something else I wanted to do mm. when I grow older. Uh, was going to cutlery skill. Okay. I love to do that. Um yeah, I loved cooking. I do. I'm a real foodie. You see, like we're Ali being Indian and Kian and Emmy being mixed race and mm. stuff. We always tried all different foods, mm. you know. So and um, Ali's dad, she do my stepdad. He um has partnership in a Indian restaurant right. up in Jum Conjurer Mint Leaf. Oh, oh, I love Mint Leaf. Oh, do you? Yeah, I love Mint really? Leaf. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ali's dad. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. Oh my God. So all this different food all the time. Me ma loved the we love thing, you know, so yeah. we're real big foodies. Me nanny's a big feeder as well. <laughs> so where can people find you on Instagram? Just Ash Chantal Caffrey. You know, that's where it is. Just my name. Just me. Just, just real. Just <laughs> you. What's next for you? What's next in your life? Well, I hope like, like that I've done a good job on me, the kids, you know, that's my main priority for now is making sure they have a good home, you know, a good home, a good home environment, um, school, college, you know, for them, um, doing all of that, uh, try to like do what I promised me ma that we do. I also feel that little promise and secret that I have that I spoke to her about. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'll go back to college probably, or oh, I don't know, I have to see. I think I might get into the cooking, you know, and I'm, mm. I'm a big foodie, as I said, I might um, back to cooking, do, do some classes and do probably keep up on the Instagram with cooking and see how it goes. So on that note, Chantelle, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I just know your story is just going to touch so many different people. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for asking me and I actually really enjoyed it. Even though I was a bag of nerves up and coming up in the car. Okay. I was like, well, I turned around and well, I'm not, you know? And I was like, no, but really, thanks very much. And I just hope to like kind of reach out to people just to, it's a bit like kind of a bit of mental health as well. You know, like I've been through, <laughs> through it, like from different things, you know, like, I mean, like the bullying and losing my dad and then losing my mom, the pregnancy that I had, you know, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I still wake up. I still feel happy. I still feel grateful. You know, I'll never be full again, like, but I, I am, I'm here and I'm blessed. You know, I have a roof over my head and food on my table, you know, and I have loved ones around me and that's what really matters. Okay.
Thanks very much. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.